Welcome to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast with me, Ella Marchant. This month at the college we are celebrating our first South Asian History Month and taking this time to pay tribute to the wonderful members who are a vital part of college life and who contribute so significantly to the field of psychiatry. We have four psychiatrists telling their stories, not just their journey to becoming mental health professionals, but also their relationship to their own heritage and how this is integrated with them moving to the UK. All of the interviews are self-recorded remotely by our members in their own homes and gardens. So we would like to say a huge thank you to Professor Alka Ahuja, Professor Dinesh Bugra, Dr Amrita Varanasi and Dr Ananta Devi, who are telling their personal stories on the South Asian History Month podcast. One of the interviews contains a psychiatrist briefly discussing her research in child abuse. Hello, I'm Professor Alka Ahuja. I'm a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist in Anarin Bevan University Health Board and a visiting professor at the University of South Wales. I'm a proud mother of two children, Saiba and Anj, 17 and 13 years old. I'm sharing some of my personal experiences as part of celebration of the South Asian Month in the Royal College of Psychiatry. I was born and brought up in a business family in Mumbai, India, and often referred to as the 3D girl. That was daddy's darling daughter. I must admit, I was the youngest in the family and often overindulged in and spoiled at times. I was determined to be a doctor in spite of parental opposition, which was mainly due to my anxious and perceptive temperament. But I persevered and did my medical training at KM Hospital in Bombay. In 1992, I passed my MBBS, but in the same year lost my father just before my graduation. I'm sure he would have been proud of me. Following this, I did my Doctor of Medicine, MD in Psychiatry, and obtained first rank in gold medal at Bombay University. Subsequently, I won the Major Jennings Gold Medal for Diploma in Psychological Medicine. While training, I pursued my research, which was specifically qualitative research and focused on working with street children, which was some, an area I was very much interested in and hoping that this would inform some of the policy work that was being rolled out in view of supporting the mental health of street children in India. I presented this work and received the prestigious national award, including the Bhagwat Award, which is the highest ranked national award for junior psychiatrist in India. Following my wedding in 1998, I joined my husband in the United Kingdom and redid my psychiatry training and obtained the MRC Psych in 2001. I subsequently embarked on my specialist training in child and adolescent psychiatry and persisted with my research interest. I was awarded the World Psychiatry Association Award for my work with HIV patients and the AstraZeneca Award for Excellence in Applied Research in 2002 for my research with sexually abused children and their families. As most working mothers, I learned the art of juggling work and home life in 2003 when Saiba, my daughter, was born. Like many Asian women, I had little family support in UK. In 2006, I was appointed as a consultant in Anarin Bevan University Health Board and also joined the University of South Wales as a visiting fellow. 
Later that year, we had an addition to our family, Ananj, my younger son, was born. I was determined that doing a full-time NHS job would not hamper my dreams of becoming a clinical academic. Luckily, supportive colleagues and an encouraging husband helped me pursue my research, although often it was done on weekends or after putting the children to bed. Over the years, I've published in peer-reviewed journals and received appreciation and awards for my research. As the chair for the Faculty of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry in the Royal College of Psychiatry in Wales, I had the opportunity to develop and influence national policy on child and adolescent mental health and I've continued doing this work along with Welsh Government on the Together for Children and Young People's Programme. I lead the tertiary neurodevelopmental service in my health board and most of my current clinical and academic work involves working with children and young people with neurodevelopmental disorders. My current research has focused on involving patients and carers in designing and planning health services. The co-production with children with autism and their family has resulted in redesigning autism services in Wales and developing digital stories and tools such as mobile apps, virtual reality tools and a sound walk. I have also been venturing along with the support of the Royal College in working with schools and that has probably been one of the most rewarding piece of work I have done in my career so far. We've been running school debates for primary and secondary school children on topics ranging from school is good for your mental health to social media to bullying to academic grades deciding one's future in life. This has not only destigmatized mental health illness among young people, but has also created awareness and generated positive discussion, not only among students, but staff and the extended school communities. With COVID, I was seconded to work with Welsh Government on the national rollout of the video consultation service in Wales. This has been one of the most challenging, but yet most rewarding opportunities I've had because we have provided video consultation as an alternative to the public and clinicians during the difficult time of COVID. And I'm hoping that this would be something that would influence the way we deliver healthcare in the future. I look at look back at the last 22 years I have spent in Wales as I've never crossed the bridge to train or work anywhere else and think it is still miles to go. Thank you. Hello. I'm Dinesh Bugra, past president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, past president of the World Psychiatric Association and past president of the British Medical Association Thank you for watching and I would like to start by congratulating the Royal College of Psychiatrists for establishing South Asian History Month to celebrate the contribution that uh, psychiatrists from uh, South Asia have made to the practice, research and policy in psychiatry in the United Kingdom.
I was born in a small industrial town in North India and did my basic medical training in Armed Forces Medical College in Pune, now called Pune. I have a very clear memory of um, deciding to do psychiatry. Having finished dissection in the dissection hall, I was on my way to the hostel on my bicycle and going down hill, I was thinking that um, all of us have similar anatomy and similar physiology. So what makes us so different? Why do we see the world differently and why do we respond in different ways to similar stimuli? So I started reading about history of medicine, about psychiatry, about psychoanalysis and Freud. And that was the start of my journey. While in India, I applied to six rotation schemes for admission, had one interview and was not offered it. So I decided to come over to the United Kingdom. I did my basic training in Leicestershire District Rotation Scheme, got my membership of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, and then I moved to the Maudsley Hospital for my senior registrar training. I did three years uh, clinical training and then decided to go into academia. And my interest largely as a migrant uh, was in culture and its impact and what subsequently became known as cultural psychiatry. So I did my PhD looking at rates of schizophrenia in different ethnic groups in West and South London, and then worked my way through um, academic culture, as it were. Throughout my training, I've been involved in teaching. I have been involved in research and clinical work. There have been um, various steps in my journey which have been of interest and quite fun. South Asian psychiatrists have been coming to the United Kingdom for 70 plus years, ever since the National Health Service was established. Part of this has been due to a close link between India and the United Kingdom. Part of it has been related to a limited scope of training in psychiatry. Even now, although India produces uh, over 70,000 doctors a year, training posts in psychiatry are less than 5,000. 
So even if you want to do psychiatry, uh, the chances are limited. South Asian contribution to the United Kingdom has been in research, in policy, and of course, in innovative clinical practices. Several times I have been asked the question, why is it that um, South, South Asians tend to choose psychiatry? I think that's for a number of reasons, because training in India, in medicine, quite often uh, involves brain and mind and body together. They're not seen as something separate. And that's a tradition. Uh, the traditional model of medicine does not believe in mind-body dualism either. So South Asian psychiatrists, by and large, are much better at... Uh, integrating ideas, focusing on patient needs, and quite often exploring our religious and spiritual values. I recall a patient telling me once that the only time she had been asked about her religion and spiritual beliefs was when she was being interviewed by a South Asian uh, trainee. Another patient uh, reflected that um, talking about family and importance of family and caring, uh, they found it much easier to talk to uh, South Asian psychiatrists rather than uh, white British psychiatrists. Over the past four decades, I have looked at um, research in cultural psychiatry from schizophrenia, as I said earlier, to deliberate self-harm, to um, anxiety and depression in uh, Punjabi women and um, other similar projects. But for the past few years, I have become very interested in burnout um, in doctors and medical students. And following on from a survey that I persuaded the British Medical Association to do, we then did a survey of um, 12 countries uh, choosing different medical schools to look at uh, levels of burnout. And we've now expanded that to another 25 countries. It is very clear that the burnout in different healthcare systems is different. There are different factors which lead to, but as a profession, we have to be very clear that we look after the next generation of professionals. So I would like to thank the college once again for giving me this opportunity, but I would like to pay tribute to South Asian psychiatrists over the past seven plus decades who have contributed to the mental health and well-being of their patients, patients' families and carers, as well as of uh, general population in the United Kingdom. Thank you all uh, very much. Hi, my name is Ananta Dave and I'm a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist and medical director in the NHS working at Lincolnshire Partnership Foundation Trust. I'm really pleased to be able to 
doing this video as part of celebrating South Asian History Month and I thank the Royal College for giving me this opportunity. I come from India which is one of the largest countries in Southeast Asia. I was born in the southern part of India in a small town called Rajmandri because my parents are originally from that part of India. My father migrated to Mumbai when I was a few months old and therefore I came to live in Mumbai with my family, Bombay as it was called then. And I grew up there, I studied, went to school, graduated from medical school, did my post-graduation in psychiatry, met my partner and husband and uh, was there till around uh, 26 or 27 years of age. I'm very fortunate in having a very rich cultural heritage from India because I was born in one part of India in the south. I studied and lived in the western part of India in Mumbai and I married my husband who is from yet another part of India from the western and central part of India. And after migrating to the UK 25 years ago this year, I'm now a very proud British Asian and I think I'm, uh, I really appreciate all aspects of my cultural heritage coming together as a whole to make me the British Asian that I am today. My interest in psychiatry began when I was a medical student uh, in Mumbai. Uh, the two-week posting was not enough to fully satisfy my curiosity, but I was hooked and I was fascinated by what psychiatry had to offer. So when I did my internship, or what is now called the foundation year, uh, after finishing my medical schooling years, I was uh, really interested and decided that this was a career for me. So after I finished uh, my medical degree, I applied for a postgraduate post in psychiatry in India. I actually finished my MD, that is a postgraduate degree in psychiatry, before coming to the UK in 1995. Once I came here, I was uh, quite keen to specialize in child and adolescent psychiatry. This was not something which was available in India, in Mumbai, or in many other cities in India at the time. And I was always interested in psychiatry um, from a systemic context. So uh, people functioning as part of communities, families and systems. And so when I came to this country, I did my core training in psychiatry. And after passing my MRC psych exams, I started specializing uh, in child and adolescent psychiatry. I've done all my training in the West Midlands, in Birmingham and the Black Country, in the UK and uh, then I became a consultant in child and adolescent psychiatry. Thinking back to the years when I started in psychiatry, I realized that the stigma that extends towards uh, patients with mental illness or people with mental illness also extends to those who work in psychiatry or mental health care. And that was the case when I was choosing psychiatry as a specialty. I was dissuaded from it from within my family as well as my friends, although I told them that I was very clear in my wanting to pursue a career in psychiatry. I think times are changing now, but it was hard then. I think as a South Asian, the aspect of psychiatry that really interested me, as I've alluded to, was the systemic aspect. Uh, the role of family was very important, the role of community, and I was really interested in seeing how I could help people uh, be part of their communities and families. I could also see the impact that mental illness had on families and the caring role that they undertook without any recognition or without any appreciation of it. And I think that was part of my um, interest in child and adolescent psychiatry as well. And that's partly based on my cultural underpinnings. 
I think South Asian culture in the UK has been portrayed uh, in a rather narrow way sometimes, not in its entirety. And also it can be stereotypically portrayed, I think. I'm glad to see an increased interest and awareness. Uh, although I also have to say sadly that over the last few years, uh, coupled with an interest in South Asian culture and other cultures has also been a rise in intolerance as I myself have experienced over the last few years, both at work uh, in various places in the NHS and in my personal life. I think South Asian culture, as I said, has um, a richness to it, a variety which is possibly unmatched. And even when I think of India alone, the number of uh, languages, cuisines, dress, and the history and, and the cultural heritage is so vast and varied that I think we've just uh, tapped a very small part of it in the UK. So what I would like to see is uh, more of an awareness of culture on a regular basis, on a daily basis, for it to become part of daily conversations at work where people show more curious, compassionate interest in uh, their colleagues' uh, lives beyond the workplace where a variety of foods, music, uh, cultural events, etc. are uh, showcased on a regular basis. I think South Asian History Month and other initiatives like this are excellent in terms of raising awareness and showing, um, uh, throwing a spotlight on culture. But it would be good to see this part uh, become part of business as usual. There are so many things about um, my life back in India that I miss and it begins with everyday things like having spicy tea or masala chai as we call it and I remember when I first came to this country there was a yearning for me to be able to have masala chai at work and to this day I've still not got fully used to putting a, a tea bag in a cup and drinking plain tea. So from little things like that to bigger things about an acceptance of the richness, strengths and the innovativeness that immigrants can bring, I think we can go a long way in uh, understanding South Asian culture. Uh, nowhere for me was this brought born in more um, clearly than when I did the work recently for the Royal College of Psychiatrists on leading a task and finish group, looking at the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on people from black, Asian and minority ethnic groups. We concentrated on people working in mental health care, but I think this is a microcosm of what has been happening across the country, where we've seen um, increased numbers of deaths and more severe illness in people from a black, Asian and minority ethnic origin uh, when they have been struck by COVID. So I think it's really important that we take seriously the, uh, the issue of valuing everybody equally, not othering them, understanding people as part of uh, in their entirety having strengths and weaknesses and giving them a sense of belonging and helping them play a full role or bring their full authentic selves to work uh, from wherever they are sometimes it can be a matter of life and death if people are not treated or valued as we have seen in the case of covid at other times 
it can cast a blight on their whole experience, work experience as well as their personal experience in this country. So it behooves us more than ever to be able to integrate people from all cultures in the UK. That also includes uh, a willingness uh, to be able to be honest about our cultural heritage, what's and all. So it's not just about idealization or celebrating only the good parts of culture. I think honesty and openness needed on all sides, that is what will help us move forward and right the wrongs that have happened in the past and create hope, healing uh, and uh, some inspiration for the future, especially when we look at the future generation of those working in mental health care. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Amrita Waranasi and I'm a consultant psychiatrist in the NHS. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about my personal story and move to the UK. I was born and brought up in India. My father was an army doctor and in my childhood I lived in different cities in India. When I was 18 years old, I went to USSR from Delhi on a scholarship program and completed medical graduation and also gained a degree in Russian language which I speak fluently. Following my medical graduation I went back to Delhi where I worked in internal medicine for a few years. I then got married to an anaesthetist and had my first child there. My husband moved to Wales in the UK in 2002 and my daughter and I joined him six months later. It was a difficult decision to move and although I very much wanted to train in the UK, I had to accept that as part of the decision I wouldn't be at hand for ongoing family issues or crisis. I then pursued my PLAB 1 and 2 exams in the UK. My journey in psychiatry started with a locum junior doctor job. Psychiatry had always been a passion and my initial experience in psychiatry consolidated that view. I found it holistic, challenging and extremely rewarding and decided it was going to be my career path. The first few years with no extended family were a struggle juggling work commitments and duties. My husband was very supportive and encouraging to pursue my career but had a very demanding job himself. The cultural change and tuning into a different accent was a steep learning curve. Difficulty understanding jokes and a local sense of humour could make me feel left out. However, Having made one major change in culture previously did make the transition a little easier. I continued my training, completing membership exams and DPM. Attempting the membership exams, the practical aspect of the exams appeared to have greater difficulty for Asian doctors. What helped was an excellent peer group. My diverse cultural experience not only helped in psychiatry practice but also in resilience and adaptability. Speaking five languages fluently 
helps me have a diverse clinical practice. I had my second daughter and childcare continued to be a problem. My husband and I would alternate in taking annual leave to cover childcare. Sometimes we would have to rely on my mother to come from India to help out. The Welsh people are a very warm, friendly and jovial race. I very much value our Indian culture and understand the importance of teaching traditions to my daughters. We celebrate Diwali and Holi and also very much enjoy the British festivals. My Welsh colleague and I did a Bollywood dance to raise money for the memory clinic. I have had very supportive colleagues and mentors during my journey and I was determined to replicate the support for younger doctors in training when I became a consultant myself in 2013. I therefore took up and very much enjoy the training program director role in addition to being a clinical and educational supervisor and a PLAB examiner. The fight against racism and discrimination and the lack of diversity in leadership roles is close to my heart and want to continue to work towards it. Although nothing is without its challenges, my 17 years in Wales has been happy and rewarding and I have developed a Welsh Indian accent into the bargain. Thank you. Thank you to all of our psychiatrists who took part and recorded themselves for South Asian History Month. If you would like to read the blogs or watch interviews with other members, please head to our website, which is www.rcpsych.ac.uk, and scroll down to News and Features. Thank you for listening to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast with me, Ella Marchand.